getting dressed isn't just about feeling excluded and having a closet full of things that shame you. And like, that's not what it is. It's actually very freeing. And again, that sense of being on your own team and that keeping the pants that used to fit you as some sort of barometer that you're going to get back to, that doesn't work. (laughs) especially right now in all the body stuff that we're going through Mm -hmm. and coming out of quarantine, all of that. It's another time where we just start to not be able to control anything around us. And so trying to control our bodies or our food and thinking that's the solution. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. This episode of Weighing It Unhappy has been brought to you by my one-on-one coaching program, 90 Days to Food Freedom. If you're ready to go from defeated to empowered, learn how to listen to your body, feel confident in your skin, and stop all your food fear and guilt so that you can eat effortlessly and intuitively, then definitely check out my website at www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash programs where you can find out how to work with me. Now, one last thing before we hop into this amazing episode, if you could please take just two seconds on Apple to leave me a five-star review, it would mean the absolute world to me. So please do that now. Again, it just takes two seconds and I would thank you so, so much. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to Weighing and on Happy. My name is Victoria Evans. I'm a science-based intuitive eating and body image coach, and I am so excited because today I am joined by Meredith Shaw. The name Meredith Shaw is synonymous with curve fashion, body positivity, and female empowerment. A firm fixture in Canada's modeling scene, Meredith is fiercely passionate about inspiring and motivating women of all sizes to embrace their power and feel sexy, confident, and fabulous in their own skin. As a model, radio, and television host, style expert, and advocate for body positivity, Meredith is breaking down the status quo and leading a powerful conversation that's changing the game for women. So you are a curve fashion, body positivity, female empowerment. You have so many accolades, like TV host, radio host. You do so many amazing things. And I'm so excited to have you here. And (laughs) for those who may not know your story, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think like, like a lot of people probably listening, it's not a straight line. Um, (laughs) When I was uh, first coming up in the adulting world, I definitely wanted to be a singer. I was a, I was a hopeful singer songwriter and that's how I moved through the world. It's how I I first got to learn about uh, the, the potential reality that I might be liked, but my body might not fit. Mm. Um, I, I learned a lot of hard lessons in pursuit of my music I had a lot of beautiful experiences and met a lot of incredible people that I still hold very dear to this day. Uh, I got to tour the country three times. So I've seen every bit of this beautiful country of Canada uh, that I'm so proud to call home. So I really feel connected in that way. And I think it was my music career uh, that did that. I did have to sort of make a decision though at one point of like, am I going to keep banging my head against the wall here? Am I going to keep pursuing this or am I going to kind of move on and and really sort of explore some of the other things that came up in that in that pursuit, which was radio, which was television, which was modeling. And at that time, that curve movement and curve modeling really was starting to take hold in the fashion industry. And I thought, you know, this is something that really feels right for me. 
And so that's where I am now. I mean, I, I, I host a radio show. I, I host television uh, on-air style segments. Uh, you know, when red carpets used to be a thing, I, I interviewed celebs on red carpets. Just really showing up in spaces that don't necessarily always see my type of body. Um, and talking about that a little bit, but mainly just showing up, you know, and have, have that being the proof that it's possible. And what's been cool about that is that so many women have been able to sort of see themselves in me and go for it in their terms. And uh, that's why I love Instagram because I love connecting with people that way. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. It's incredible that you've toured all of Canada and as well, I think it's so, so important. I talk about it all the time, seeing our bodies represented, you know, across the board because yeah, when we're growing up and we're only seeing a very particular body type represented, it's very difficult for us to feel safe to be ourselves and not feel like we're a project to be fixed and believe all of media and everything telling us that we have to lose a hundred pounds in five minutes or whatever, if we want to look like the people in the magazine. So that must've been really difficult for you, you know, kind of almost pioneering a lot of this showing up as you are. And what was that kind of like? Uh, it was really difficult and it led me down a path of much disordered eating. <laughs> mm. um, I really was in battle with my body for a long time um, on either side. You know, I've, I say I dress uh, women of all body shapes and I know how to do that because I have been <laughs> every body shape, right. uh, you know, and I, and I say that with a chuckle now, thank God, because it's not funny when you're going through it, you know, and so I've got a lot of empathy for people who are in the thick of the struggle um, and, and hopefully in sharing my experience and my reality with that and really, you know, being seen in a, in a position of strength now, again, it's proof possible that if you're in it, you can get out of it, you can get through it, you can get on your own team, you can get on the other side. And it's so much, do we swear on this podcast? Oh, fuck. Yeah. it's so much more fucking fun like it's just more fun and it feels so scary because it feels like you are bucking every rule you've ever been told and every system you've ever encountered it feels like you are saying no I'm doing this and that is just, it's terrifying, but here's the key. It's set up to be terrifying. You know what I mean? We're supposed to stay in that state of fear. We're supposed so that we buy things so that we like, it's, it's once you start to pull back and see really where we fit in that, you start to have a totally different relationship with it because it's not about the size of your jeans and not going on the date. It's not about that anymore. It's sort of about something bigger. And I think when, women in particular, not that it's a female only issue, but when women in particular see that, and I can see them seeing everything in a different way. And that for me is like the most exciting thing. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. I talk about, I'm assuming you're kind of talking about diet culture in general, kind of like seeing the industry as it is and being like, wow, this is total bullshit. And the fact that they're bringing on my insecurities and telling me I have to look a certain way in order to be happy and loved and acceptable. And it's almost like once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you start to just be like, oh my God, like my whole life, I was being fed so many lies and so many things about myself that weren't even true for other people to make a profit and for other people to succeed while, you know, keeping others kind of at the bottom. And yeah, it's Mm -hmm. very 
interesting space. And as well, before you mentioned about Instagram, you know, it's so amazing having social media because we're able to have these conversations and these discussions and talk about, you know, diet culture and body inclusivity and everything. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, that wasn't a thing. You're just, you saw what you saw, you were told what you were told and no one was really the wiser and not many people even knew to really question that. A hundred percent. There were a lot of, I am alone in this moments and it's so cool to bust that open. And it's so cool to have those conversations like you're having right now. Like it's like women are really taking hold of that in a whole new way. And it's just so cool to, to be a part of that. And I got so obsessed with style um, because of that, because for me, style and getting dressed turned out to be a way for me to really get to know myself and get to myself despite all of what was coming at me. Um, and so I get really interested in potentially offering that opportunity to other women that getting dressed isn't just about feeling excluded and having a closet full of things that shame you. And like, that's not what it is. It's actually very freeing. And again, that sense of being on your own team um, and that keeping the pants that used to fit you as some sort of barometer that you're going to get back to, that doesn't work, <laughs> especially right now in all the body stuff that we're going through mm -hmm. and coming out of quarantine, all of that. It's another time where we just start to not be able to control anything around us. And so trying to control our bodies or our food and thinking that's the solution and thinking that's the way out. So every time I feel like maybe my voice or a voice in this space isn't needed anymore. We've had the conversation. We've all talked about it. It's like, mm -mm, nope, we still got to keep reinforcing it because even me who lives and breathes this all the time, every day, I still have days when, you know, the bitch on my shoulder is back, you know, and talking mm -hmm. to me loud. And, uh, and so I'm so appreciative for people like you and for spaces like this podcast and to be able to come on and, and to keep sort of, you know, making that, making that counter heard. Yeah. It has to be this ongoing discussion until it's the norm. And I think it's not the norm mm -hmm. yet. It's still this kind of, and I think ooh, people exciting. think it is. I mm -hmm. think people think it is. I think people think we've got there. I think people think we've talked about it Yeah, and we have, but we're coming off of so many years of being told the other thing. Mm -hmm. And so many brands are into this now, but are they, I mean, I, you know, this is a, I don't want to be too timely, but for example, um, a, a huge brand loft, uh, decided to cut their entire plus line just recently, just mm. very recently. Um, and I know fashion brands like everything else in the world are going through it right now in terms of, you know, how, how are they going to stay afloat, but to have a huge brand decide in 2021, that the way to stay afloat is to cut out a massive customer is you know in itself fat shaming like there is still that insidious thing that exists and you see these decisions being made and you're like that's the extrapolation of all of these issues we're talking about and the fact that that's still happening and is still an a valid option today just blows my mind and makes me think like we got yeah we got a lot more to do so much more to do and 
it's it's frustrating to see that I know a lot as well like they'll have you know oh, we offer plus size but it'll just be online and so it's like this sneaky kind of workaround oh, don't that's even get almost, me started right that's almost like this way that it can be this way to brand themselves and way to market themselves but almost in a way that I think a lot of people right now are thinking it's a short-term thing like it's a fad like if I just mm-hmm. promote that I'm all-inclusive and everyone can shop there people will like my brand I'll get brownie points and then I'm kind of set without actually having to make really kind of deep changes to the company culture to the company um you know even at the higher up levels, like this is not just like a fad of one being like, yeah, I want to see myself represented. Like this needs to be the new normal and it needs no, to like be the, the majority of the population is not a fad. Like the majority, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when the average size person is that size that you are somehow marginalizing or refusing to carry in a store or still sort of seeing it as like a, oh, okay, you can come and spend your money here. It's like, give me a break. Like, it's just, it's, it's wild. And the other, my other favorite part about um, sort of the plus and inclusive thing is when brands will decide to go into inclusive sizing, but then not market it like at all, like zero, like never do a campaign. Not even, I don't even know. Maybe there's like a link on their website. Like, I don't even, not even sure where it is. Uh, And that's my job to know about these things. And if I don't know about it, it's like, what? And then they say, oh, no one, no one bought it. It didn't like, it doesn't work. Like the customer isn't right. there. And I'm like, mm, we didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't know about it. So there's, yeah. It's, Almost like they it's check the box and then they're wild. like, well, it didn't yeah. work we tried it. So now we're kind of wash our hands of it and it's not a responsibility yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it just reinforces this narrative that the, a curved customer is not a fashion customer. It's not a customer mm. that wants to spend money on looking good. And I mean, it's just total bullshit. Like it's just total bullshit. And they, uh, Hopefully, I mean, one day it's just uh, absolutely not a norm, but just like the necessity across the board. Like, but mm-hmm. it's not yet. It's not. It's coming. It's still biased. It. It's conversations it's still biased. Like this, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I love how you were chatting before about you know, clothes that make us feel empowered and confident in our body. Because I think there is still that narrative that if I don't fit into my jeans from high school or even from before the pandemic or whatever, Mm. that now I have to live in my sweatpants, my hoodies would trust me, there's nothing wrong with that. I I love that. (laughs) But you know, it's not like it has to be one or the other, a skinny body and feeling fabulous or you know, in a larger body and feeling like you have to be in clothes that don't make you feel good. And so Mm. when you have people like you who are doing, you know, styling and giving you tips and helping people to understand like how to dress their body, like, I think that's just so important in taking this power back and being like, yeah, you know what? I don't have to be this, you know, figure that doesn't look like me, you know, my natural body state. And yet it can still feel, you know, empowered and amazing and wonderful. So. Yeah. Clothes can do that. You know, clothes can do that and clothes can do it at any size. And there are options out there. And I like to really present, you know, curved fashion and inclusive fashion in a really aspirational way, because that's the other piece of this. It's not just like, oh, we, we made the size of your jeans. It's like, no, you're going to look damn good in those jeans because it's a switch. It's not just like, oh, yay, there's something that fits me. No, it's like, this is how you look fire and you can do that now, not next week when you lose five pounds or, you know, three months from now when something you're doing is going to make you lose 30. Like that's not the cycle. And what I found too, because I also fully believe that you can love your body and be in the process of changing it. I don't believe you just have to be who you are always. Um, And, you know, the way to get there, I have found 
is not through stopping everything until we get there. It's by being kind to yourself now, because if you make one kind decision, you're going to make the next kind decision and the next, and then you really get momentum and you get going and you get there, whatever that there is for you, but it doesn't start tomorrow. It starts like literally now. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're struggling with this, and I call it a racket, you're in this racket of constantly just berating yourself in hopes for change. Just take this moment between the two of us that you're now in on listening and change. Just decide to stop doing that and decide to let it go and let yourself flow and see, oh my gosh, I'm going to rhyme again. See where you go. I did not mean to say all that, but like, it just, you gotta just abandon that because it's not going to get you anywhere. It hasn't gotten you anywhere. So just try something else. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the rhyming just made it. I'm going to add like a beat in behind that or something. We're going to make that. Even thing. Saying? It's going to be yeah, trending. Like music career coming <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's so, it's so true. It's so important. And like that quote that I was, I saw for years, but never really resonated until a few years ago, um, mm-hmm. is that we're never going to hate ourselves to a place that we love or be our body or our career or ever, anything. It's that constant shame and beating ourselves up. That's keeping us unhappy and keeping us stuck. Like it's really hard to do things that make you feel good when someone's being mean to you all the time. Like it's hard to be happy when someone's just constantly berating you and beating you up in your mind. It's just a horrible way to live. Yeah. It really is. And it's, it's no way to live. And it's a, it's a fallacy that that is going to get you anywhere, but worse. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we just have to hear that over and over and over again. Um, so that we slowly start to chip away at, at holding on to that so much because we all do, we all have, you know. Absolutely. And it's such a a common narrative for us to beat ourselves up. And again, it comes back to this kind of capitalist society of selling us our insecurities and then buying products to solve them. And it's, Mm -hmm. we don't have to be doing that. And, um, you know, it's so important for us to kind of realize that the baseline is that we are worthy and we are good enough, which sounds very cheesy, but it's the truth, you know, yeah. and we weren't born thinking that we had to have a smaller waist or that we fit in certain clothes or whatever. We were taught that in the same that way that we can unteach ourselves those things and really take back that power. Um, and so you're clearly very confident. I love how you show up. You're so empowered, <laughs> but thank you. Was it always like that? I know you said you'd struggle. It's like, what were some no. ways that you were able to really hone in on that confidence for yourself? It, it, it might sound like a strange piece of advice, but I always like to give stuff that's actually worked for me yeah. uh, and not kind of in, in platitudes. The biggest thing for me was that I got moving. Moving has been integral to my change. Um, and I don't mean an extreme form of movement. I just meant like I, I, I walk, I move, I move preferably outside, um, every day. And it just, I don't know, it grounds me in my body. It grounds me on the earth. It, it reminds me of things that I actually think are important, not what has been told that I should find to be important. And it just made me really fall in love with the power of my body and what I was able to do with it and start to see it as its own thing, as opposed to something I was constantly wishing it wasn't. Um, and that helped a lot. I did go down some really intense sort of fitness paths because that's just my personality. Like if I get into something, I, 
I go all in. So then I really uh, started to get into running uh, and I ran a marathon, which I'm still very shocked by and proud of um, because I can remember being a kid at school and doing like this thing they used to do called like a 12 minute run or whatever. And I remember my gym teacher being like, I think you have asthma. And I'm like, okay, rude. I don't, (laughs) I'm just like a bigger kid. And this, you know, doesn't work for me. Like I'm not feeling really my power in this moment. I'm feeling very other, I'm feeling very shamed. I'm feeling very like, I can't do this. And so when I started to really flip over to being on my own team and I was like, why can't I do this? I was like, I could do this. And so then I got really into just doing this and doing it to the, to the end of whatever that 12 minute run meant, which in my head was a marathon. So I also feel like you can really start pursuing things that, that, that mean something to you in an accomplishing way on your journey. But I think mainly it's a decision followed up by lots of little moves. And uh, one of the big catalysts for me was a quote uh, by the wonderful Oprah Winfrey. And she said, um, you know, she was asked if she had any regrets. And she, of course, said no at first and then thought about it. and was like, no, you know what? I really regret the amount of time I wasted in my 20s, 30s and 40s worrying about my weight. Mm -hmm. And then she said a sentence that literally was that like, aha moment for me she said imagine what I could have done with that time and you know she's Oprah (laughs) she's done everything but she still had a huge chunk of her psyche being dedicated to this battle and I in that moment was just like fuck it I'm not doing this if I get bigger great if I get smaller fine I'm not that's not my purpose on this planet to to lose weight and gain weight and work out and not work out. That can't be it. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. not why I'm here. So I just um, decided that day just to let that part go and just to lean into other stuff and figure out the rest of it as it went. And that's what I did. So I think in, in a short version, movement is key, fun movement that makes you feel good and unselfconscious. And, uh, and a decision that you're not going to waste any more of your time doing this because that's what it is. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a waste. It's a waste of your life, your life. You're not here for this. That's not what you're here for. Um, And those two things are still things that I do every day. Like I still move every day in some way that's fun for me. Uh, Some days it's, you know, harder, but I still do that. And I still take myself back to that decision of not wasting time. Mm, so good. I love how actionable and how clear that was in that quote by Oprah. Like that, that really hit home, right? Cause it's like, you think yeah. like, who in the world could have possibly done more. And it's like, well, Oprah's done everything. Yeah. And the fact that she's thinking that I remember watching her, her different shows and like, uh, and her talking about her weight loss. And I forget who she had partnered with. It was like Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers or something. And it just being this whole saga. I think, yeah. Or Slim Fast or yeah. she did something like shakes or whatever. And then she yeah. dragged that the wheelbarrow. The thing of, of wheelbarrow of fat, fat yeah. across the stage. Like, and that, that was so much of all of us growing up and just seeing mm-hmm. this really powerful woman who was constantly battling with her weight. And mm-hmm. I think even subconsciously, so many of us were, kind of putting together in her head, like, okay, being powerful and successful means having to pursue weight loss and look a certain way to fit into an industry and be successful in the world and all of that. And 
Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like you said, it's such a waste of time. And I think about it almost like there's any Harry Potter, you know, fans. It's like a Dementor. Like it just sucks the life out of you because yeah. it's just like all your happiness and all your joy and all your energy. And you're just like, oh, being yeah. taken by it. Um, yes. And it's just, it's just so pointless. And not only is it being taken from you, it's then being given to like industries like diet culture and, you know, oh, what was Gwen Paltrow going on about intermittent, fa- oh, uh, intuitive fasting. Like all Intuitive these- fasting. Isn't that oh, great? Yeah. God. Like it's mm, just Jesus. those, it's an, it's an, it doesn't work. It's an oxymoron. No, <laughs> no I did. Like, I literally, I thought it was an article on the onion. Like when I saw it, I was like, is this, this isn't real. Like this can't be real. Like she's a, she's a huge brand. It's irresponsible to say something yeah. like that. Like, it's just, I, I don't, I don't get that piece of the world that we live in. I really don't. But, mm-hmm. but it's nice that when something like that happens now, there are voices to be like, no, no, yeah. no. Like, and, and that is cool. Cause you know, even five years, two years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. It, it just wouldn't mm-hmm. have been. So it's, it's cool to see that, that flip. Yeah. So many voices are really rallying around. Like I know when Jillian Michaels was attacking intuitive eating and then yeah, going to Paltrow, like really anything that's kind of popping up now, like these people who are promoting diet culture or even a few years ago when it was Kim Kardashian or one of the, I don't know, Kardashians with like the weight loss teas or the pills. or the Oh, it was Chloe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then it became banned on Instagram to actually yes. do that. I think is. Jamila, Jamila, Jamil. I'm probably mm. her name. I will see it on Instagram. Yeah, no, that's her. Yeah, Jamila. Yeah. Um, but like the power that some people now we can have and have these conversations instead of just being like, this is the reality by these weight loss teas, which are basically just laxatives, um, you know? And so it's really cool to have these conversations. Um, yeah. And for everyone, I think slowly starting to realize that, you know, weight loss isn't the answer for anything. It is a complete waste of time. And it's so important for us to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm just, it's not. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's also this decision to then start checking your motivations behind things because Mm -hmm. like, you know, like you, we've said before, it's, it's okay to be in pursuit of healthful habits or change. Like that, that's an, what's tough about this and what I'm interested in now is I think we're getting more into the nuance of it and less having to just be like, I stand for this. I stand for this. It's like, no, there is gray. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the gray is actually the part that is going to feel the best for you and is the least, um, headlineable (laughs) and the least, you know, marketable. It's the thing it's the muck that you're going to go through to be like, I, this makes sense for me. I'm going to take that with me. This, I like this, but it's, it's beautiful and it's a powerful experience because you're taking things in that make sense for you and, and where you're at, as opposed to, to being sort of told all of these things and, and mm-hmm. talked at, you're really discerning, you know, your own special cocktail of what's going to make you feel the best and most in line with what you're actually, you know, on this earth to do, which, you know, spoiler alert for everybody is not the size of your pants. That's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be 
completely different for everyone. I think that as well as there's almost been this idea that if I'm rejecting kind of diet culture, then I can never have the green juice or I can't go Mm -hmm. to my favorite kind of intensive workout classes. And it doesn't have to be like, you have this extreme all or nothing approach. Like it has Mm -hmm. to be making sense for you. Like I love to cross it and I love to have a green juice now and again, Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's the only thing I can drink and I have to drink exactly that. It's like, no, no, it's that taking ownership and realizing you can make your own decisions, but also questioning them. Right. So I always, you know, check those motivations. Yeah. Like where is this coming from? This is coming from question, even like a simple question I was asked is like love or hate. I do things because I love myself or I hate myself. Anything, Mm -hmm. food, exercise, anything, or love or fear, depending on which kind of fits for the person. Um, but really checking in because a lot of the time, even if we are like, Oh, I just love the taste of going back to my example of green juice, maybe there's an underlying of, yeah, but yesterday you had a piece of cake at dinner and that's why you love it, quote unquote, because you're trying to compensate and all those kind of things and never trying to blame or shame, but just getting curious with yourself and honest. And then coming Mm. back to this idea that like, yeah, weight loss and size of jeans and everything is not the key to happiness. And once we start to knock that away and some build some counter evidence as well for that, we can live an amazing life feeling empowered in whatever body type that we have, then all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I can let go of those other things that have kind of, you know, held me prisoner essentially for most of my life. Yeah. That we hang on to so, so tightly. And I love what you said about getting curious because that really is the fun. That's when it gets Mm -hmm. fun is you're like getting curious with yourself about what is going to make you maximize your experience here and with the people you love and with the people you haven't met yet. And with all of that, like it just, it gets very exciting. And then I find that once it starts to get that way, it's a lot easier for it to start rolling, you know, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's everyone's, everyone's doorway into that is going to be different. And that's why, you know, the fact that if you're, you're listening right now, that's great that you're listening to things like this, because because who knows, it could be this, you know, it could be something you listen to tomorrow. It could be something you see. You just have to stay open to that, especially if you're, if you're in that moment of struggle, the fact that you're seeking something like this out is a really good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that first step. And as well as when you're asking yourself these questions and motivations behind everything, it's not going to be perfect. Like I think no. sometimes we'll even try to swap out the control of dieting and food and body to almost like the opposite of having to sort of, I think of the example, like intuitive eating, eating exactly when I'm hungry and stopping exactly when I'm full and rejecting everything and doing everything perfectly. Um, and finding out what's right for me. And, oh my God, I can't believe I had the green juice. And I actually was wanting to have it because, you know, I was feeling embarrassed about how much I ate last night, like whatever. It's like, if we've been thinking a certain way for years and years and years, even if we make that, you know, that change of like, I'm no longer doing this, it doesn't mean from then on, it's going to be perfect, right? It's going to be ups and downs So giving yourself so much grace and creating a community as well for yourself, whether that be following people on social media or listening to podcasts or reading books or whatever with the people that you feel inspired by, that you feel connected to, who are also in this movement, because we don't always have the people in our, you know, immediate environment in the physical environment that are mm. really quite on this, on this kind of train with us, which can make yeah. it really difficult to move forward. And so creating a virtual environment, you know, listening, audiobooks, whatever, um, that we can feel ourselves, you know, seen and supported, I think is really important as well. It's, I mean, it's huge because I remember when I was sort of in recovery from my disordered eating 
I, I was really, you know, like I said, on that path, I was in, and there was momentum. I was figuring out, I was getting curious. I was all the things we had talked about. And then boom, you know, something stressful happens and my tendencies come back because my God, they're there. <laughs> They've been so polished up over the years. And, you know, my safe space, space, my desire, all of that to control, to overeat, to undereat, to overexercise, to, off I went again. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, I'm, I thought I was better. I thought I was okay. I thought I was figured out what is happening. Like, and so I think too, when that happens to know that will happen, <laughs> that mm -hmm. will 100% happen. So instead of being shocked by it, expect it. When it arises, greet it with open arms. You know what I mean? I've been expecting you mm -hmm. and shoo her away from whence she came and keep going. You know, you pick yourself up tomorrow's a new day, all of those things. Cause I really, I wasn't expecting that. And I was pretty gutted by it. And it took me a bit to sort of bounce back from it. Um, so yeah, some advice on that one. If you, exactly, it's not going to be perfect. It's actually going to be hundred percent not perfect. Yeah. And that's the point. Um, and you just got to keep, keep, keep at it. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who's on that journey, you know, recovering from some disordered eating? What really helps you that you could maybe share with someone else? Um, I mean, I got help. I got therapy. Um, mm -hmm. I loved my therapist. Well, I didn't at first. I was like, I do not have a problem. I am fine. <laughs> Denial. <laughs> um, yeah, I was hanging on to being fine for a good year probably of it. Um, yeah. So that was incredibly helpful to me, incredibly helpful to me. And so, you know, if there's any stigma around mental health and getting the help you need, just don't buy into it. It is a hundred percent a key in your healing, um, finding someone that you obviously trust and relate to. And, but that was, yeah, that was really key. Uh, talking about it was key, like talking about it with my friends. Uh, I, I grew up with a lot of very thin friends <laughs> and I didn't really feel uh, like my experience was their experience. Mm -hmm. And so finding, yeah, finding people that got it was transformational for me because I just thought, again, I thought I was alone in it, even down to the specificities of how I would go about certain things. Like it, it just, if you hear someone else talking about it, it opens, it just, it's so freeing. Cause you're like, Oh, okay. This actually isn't that weird. Or this isn't that big a deal. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, it's another real key in, in healing. Um, and really on a deeper level and however you get to that or whatever you believe in spiritually or whatever that is, I think on a deeper level, really understanding how to be kind to yourself and really how to give grace to yourself. And, and, and often that comes from some sort of relationship with something other, right? Like something greater, whatever that is for you. I think those three things were really key for me is like seeking help, talking about it, not having shame and talking about it um, in that community space. And then, yeah, connecting to something greater. Mm -hmm. mm. Those are amazing tips. And I hope everyone 
really takes that to heart. And I love that you as well mentioned about the mental health aspect of it. Like there's, I think it's incredible when people get mental health, like help, whether it be counseling or whatever therapy. And I think that this idea that you almost have to wait until you're, it's like DEFCON one, you know, like, you know, I don't need it yet. I'm fine. I'm still quote unquote functioning, whatever. Um, You don't have to wait until you're at your rock bottom, whatever that might look like to get help Mm. and talk about it. You know, if you have to think about it, like a preventative measure, do that, right. Do it for you because you're not going to be able to serve and do what you need to do in this world if you're barely functioning because you're too concerned about what people are going to think or say if you asked for help and you talked about it. If anything, you're going to be this, you know, someone who's inspiring others and whether it be even just a friend that said, you're saying, oh yeah, I'm actually going to go to therapy later today and just chat. Now all of a sudden it's like you've given them permission as well to seek Mm -hmm. help and have conversations with you. So even though it can be incredibly difficult, there is such a bigger movement right now, I think, towards getting help and talking about it and normalizing, getting help for mental health, which is absolutely amazing. It really is. And I think in that normalizing, potentially, uh, you know, on on the flip side of it, it starts to feel like, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that some, sometime because it, it almost makes it more casual, mm-hmm. which is really good, but do it. Don't say you're going to do it. Like, don't put it on the to-do list week after week and never really go about doing it. Do it because it it's, and you don't have to do it forever. You know, you can do it for a period of time. And then, um, you know, I'm not actively in anything at the moment, but sometimes I uh, call my therapist, we call it a tune-up. <laughs> I love that. So I go for a tune-up, um, you know, because uh, I take my Jeep in to get a tune-up. And I need one too, every now and then. And, you know, if, if I know I'm about to go through something stressful, I mean, hello, I've been homeschooling kids. I mean, you know, I've had a tune up, right? Like we're in a pandemic, like there's things that have changed. Um, I shoot all my television from home now. I like, it's just, everyone's stresses are different. And I mean, the two that I've mentioned are nothing in comparison to what some people are going through. Uh, and being able to sort of turn back into that as like one of your you know, tools in the toolkit is really just, it just makes sense at the end of the day. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a smart way to kind of live your life. Um, so yeah, take the shame out of that and, and do it. Yeah. Taking a proactive approach always. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to live. And so speaking of tools in the tool belt, I did yeah. want to actually touch on the launch of your confident and crushing it affirmation cards, which I guess oh. was a partnership with joyful hearts. Thank Co. you. Um, yes. so yeah, tell me more about this. I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for bringing that up. I am, you know, we talked about like making a big decision and then having little changes, little steps Mm -hmm. along the way is sort of a a way that I've at least a recipe for lasting change. And, and so I kind of wanted to to think about the little steps and how I might be of help. And it came about very organically. I got uh, sent a pack of these affirmation cards from um, Joyful Hearts Co. And they had done them for kids. Um, and I, I gotta be real. I was not really into the whole affirmation thing. I found them cheesy and I just was like, I, I don't know about this, but when I got her cards, they were so cool looking like the, just the vibe of them aesthetically. I liked them. It appealed to my sort of sense of style. Uh, and then with the kids, I'm a bonus mom to two fabulous kids. Uh, we were 
laying them out on the kitchen table and picking one at random every morning. Like we didn't know what it was going to be, but we flipped it over, like kind of pretending almost like it was a bit of a fortune for the day or whatever we needed to, you know, talk about. And we pick it up and, and it was a statement. It was like, a, I am brave and I can do what I set my mind to. And we talk about that, like, oh, okay. Eight-year-old will, what, how will you be brave today? Anyway. And the whole experience, the kids look forward to it every morning. I'm like, this is like really cute and works and is fun. Maybe they're not so cheesy after all. And then I just, I don't know when you have those thought bombs drop down into your head every once in a while, one came to me of like, you should call her and see if she would do one with you for women about confidence. Cause that's something I talk a lot about in my DM. Um, and she was in and I really liked her. And so off we went and I, yeah, created these 20 cards, but I didn't just do affirmations. I also gave each card an action because, you know, mm -hmm. after now knowing me for yeah. a handful of minutes, I like to do things. So I like to say the affirmation, but then I like to put it into practice. So that's what the sort of distinguishing factor on these cards are. Um, and I'm really proud of them. I'm really happy with how they're being received. Uh, it's cool to see women start to incorporate them into their life. I really think that they can do it in lots of different ways. I, I do it in the way that I described with my kids. I pick one of my own and sort of see whichever I'm drawn to that day and really try to put some of that into practice and just kind of keep it with me like that day, just kind of keep that feeling with me. And I feel like it's a confidence practice, you know, almost like a yoga practice or a mindfulness practice. It's a confidence practice because the good news is confidence is a skill. Confidence is a muscle. You build it. And uh, the great thing about that is that everyone can. So if you feel like you're just someone who like, oh, I wish I had her confidence or I'm not confident. You just, you just haven't built the muscle enough. And there are ways to do it that then when you need it, it's really there for you. And your bounce back is quick. And I've noticed that with me big time, things that used to send me off. I, I don't go as far <laughs> because I have, I have the, I have bulging confidence muscles. Okay, Victoria. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't want to flex for you right now, but it's pretty. Well, hulk out of this, but. Yeah, uh... <laughs> exactly. I don't want to hulk out right now, but, but, this, that's, but it's the truth. I mean, you can, you can build it. And I hope this is a part of, a part of that for people. So um, I'm very, I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. That's absolutely incredible. And I love how you made it actionable. And the fact that you as well touch on the fact that you were like, sometimes I didn't, you know, think it was really a real thing or I wasn't super oh, on yeah. board with it, which I think so many people think it's like, oh, that's kind of silly if I just say I love myself or whatever. But even mm -hmm. the way that I approach it when I'm working with clients is those kind of statements prime your brain to seek out more of that thing. So if you're saying yes. to yourself, I am learning to be braver. I am becoming braver, whatever it looks like. All of a sudden, now you've told yourself to look for more evidence that that is true. Mm -hmm. You start to compile that over time. And then like a muscle, you're building that up, which is exactly yeah. what we're going to be doing. It's like we're creating new neural pathways by frequency over time, which so if you ever look on it from like a you know, more of a spiritual affirmation -y, or if you want to look at it from like a science way or whatever, how you want to approach it, it works. There's a reason yes. that people are doing it. There's a reason that it's a thing. And the fact that you've made them super cool and like well-designed, like I'm just so excited because you have such a great style. So I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Yay. <laughs> I know they're very, they're very Instagrammable, mm. uh, but they're also, you know, they're, they're the real deal. It comes from experience. It also comes from my, you know, I ran them by a, a great uh, psychologist friend of mine 
you know, just to be sure that I was, that I wasn't missing anything or that I was kind of on the right track. But again, these are tried and true things that have, that have just continually worked for me that I really thought about it and was like, how, how did I go from <laughs> not being able to leave my house because I was so terrified of my own shape out in the world, like of being not liked or not, you know, how did I get from that person to this person who is, you know, on national television all the time talking about this stuff, like how did that happen? And it was really like peeling it back. It was like, well, this and this and this. And so that's, that's what's inside. Yeah. That's what's inside. We'll send it. We'll send them your way. We'll send them your way. Yes. Oh my goodness. So (laughs) exciting. And so before I ask you my last question, where can Mm -hmm. people get those cards and where can people find you? Uh, Best spot for me is my Instagram at Meredith Shaw. I'm on there a lot. Um, and yeah, I'm always up in my DMs. So if you got any questions, I'm, I'm there for you. Uh, these are the, the cards are specifically on joyfulheartsco.ca, but I got all the links and stuff on my, my gram. So yeah, amazing. that's the cool. best, that's the best hub. And you can listen to me on iHeartRadio. You can get that app and you can hang out with me every afternoon. Um, yeah, you catch me on lots of Bell Media, CTV shows and on this podcast with Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> all the amazing places. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And I'll put all that below in the show notes so people can easily find you and easily pick up the cards. Yeah. And so my last question to you, I ask every single one of my guests because the theme mm-hmm. of my podcast is weighing and unhappy. It's a subjective question. What makes you happy? Connection. Connection makes me happy. It, it is the thread in between all the different jobs that I do and friend groups that I have. I I love being a point of connection uh, with people. And I love the feeling of, um, of connecting with others. It's just, it's the coolest, it's the coolest thing. Uh, I learn so much from it. I get so happy from it. And uh, yeah, I think partly that's why this last year has been so hard, you know, and we've had to find ways to connect that are very different from before. And, you know, I love my zoom, but I I'd rather just be doing this you know, with a coffee, you know, on a patio mm-hmm. or something. Right. I, I love that. I love that connection. So yeah, I'm going to go with connection. It makes me happy. A great answer. Absolutely. And thank you so much again, Meredith, for coming on today and sharing all your knowledge and wisdom. I just so truly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Me too. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, then I invite you to please rate and review on Apple. It means so much to me and I would so appreciate you. Now, if you're interested to learn more about my one-on-one coaching program, 90 Days to Food Freedom, then please check out my website at www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash programs where you can learn more about how to work with me. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, please do. It's at Victoria Evans official. Definitely shoot me a DM. I'm always doing little trainings, giving little tips as well as sharing my stories. So I'd love to have you there. Oh, and I'm always dancing. And if you're looking for even more support, coaching, community, trainings, all of that, then definitely join my Facebook group, Intuitive Eating Support Group for Badass Women. And of course, all this will be below for you in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.